Hey everyone, this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. You're about to hear the live episode that we recorded at the Lighthouse Cinema as part of their Not Another Teen season. Uh, Andrea Cleary and I talked to Charlene Lydon, the programmer at the Lighthouse, about Pretty in Pink. Uh, we had a very good time. Unfortunately, the very start of the recording was cut off, which is why I'm here just covering some of the stuff that uh, is now missing from that recording. And also the first minute or so of uh, what you're about to hear is a little bit uh, distorty, I would say. But once you get to like two minutes in, you will have completely forgotten about that first minute because it the sound gets real good from there. Just very, very good indeed. Also, we played clips from Pretty in Pink uh, during the recording, but we have edited those out of uh, this episode. So you'll hear the sound, us introduce them, the sound drop down and the sound come back up. So that's what's happening there. I will include um, just a reference to what each clip is in the show notes if you want to go check it out for yourself, uh, which if you haven't seen Pretty in Pink, you absolutely should. I watched it for the first time for this episode and loved it. It's 96 minutes long, a perfect length for a movie. I don't normally get to talk to you up front like this. This is weird. Um, you should go check out our Patreon if you want to hear us talking about more modern stuff. Uh, for instance, in our last episode, Andrea and I talked about Weezer for a very long time. So it's patreon.com slash juvenilia if that might be of interest to you. And also while I'm here, I just want to say thank you to Charlene and Ashley from The Lighthouse for inviting us to be part of their amazing teen movie season. And thank you to Marius at The Lighthouse for uh, doing projection on the night and uh, looking after our recorder and setting it all up for us. So thank you very much. And here's the episode. Enjoy. Today we are doing a very special live episode here at The Lighthouse. Um, we're so happy to be here. This is amazing. We have custom artwork. It's behind us. We've never had screen. custom artwork before. It's very cool. Uh, we're going to talk about Pretty in Pink. Um, first of all, who has seen Pretty in Pink? Everybody? Everybody. Okay, amazing. Um, and who has listened to Juvenalia before? Awesome. That's, That's good. Okay. So yeah, we're at a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about something they were obsessed with when they were young. And today we have with us the programmer here at the Lighthouse and the co-host of Cinema Book Club, Charlene Lydon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Um, so for Pretty in Pink, I think we need to establish some things. I'm going to sit down now that I've done that bit. I'm going to relax. Um, first of all, let's establish, is anybody here Team Steph? One. We'd like to ask you to leave. (laughs) I made her come here. (laughs) We are going to come back to you. Um, Anybody, Team Ducky? Also one. Okay. Definitely. There was an almost another one there. No. Okay. Okay. And Team Blaine. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So Uh, Team Andy should be single and go to design school, or yeah. Okay. Is there any other team? Team Iona. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So I think we should probably start with our first clip because we have a little like montage of our introduction to all the boys. Yes. So if we do clip. Not Iona, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Very Iona light on the clips, actually. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if we do clip one, please, Marius. Okay, so I mean, <laughs> the music's That's pretty clear. He's telling us who we should be rooting for. There. <laughs> it's um, straight up porn music. I know. <laughs> Team Steph, you have an uphill battle. Yeah. Uh, I would say to convince us. Should we start with Ducky? Should we start talking about Ducky? Let's start with Ducky. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, what can we say about Ducky? Well, are we are we talking about whether he's uh, deserving of Andy or just general Ducky as a guy? Let's talk about general general Ducky as okay. just a person you would experience in school. Oh yeah. How would you react to Ducky? Uh. Ah, oh, like he's just—I I love Ducky. Like I have to say, not not being Team Ducky, <laughs> um, I love him. I just think he's one of those characters that, like, he's just a bit of a mad joke. Doesn't fit in anywhere. Like, doesn't fit in in any situation that we see him in in this entire movie. Um, like, he's—we see him at the club. We see him singing and dancing in tracks. We see him in school. We see him with Andy's dad. Even Andy's dad is a bit like, oh, this guy's mental, <laughs> you know. But then, you know, he also receives a lot of warmth from people. And obviously, Iona likes him. 
Mm-hmm. She, she really likes it. I'm team Iona and Ducky. Oh, I like those yeah. two together. I think that I think that's that's really cute. Weird, I think that anyway, the, the most comfortable he is is when he's not allowed into the club and he's like trying to talk his way in. Yeah. I think his natural state is trying to talk talk his way into a room that he's not allowed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like he should always be kept outside of rooms because that's where <laughs> his he does state. his best work. But you you know? know he's going to wind up like being king of Brooklyn. At some point like yeah. this guy is gonna be totally fine yeah he'll yeah. be fine he'll he'll live in like a, a really expensive really huge but like utterly classless house like just <laughs> disgustingly tacky house with all of this money from like a song he made or something i oh, see yeah. i see that from for him you know he probably wrote a christmas song of some sort <gasps> yes <Yeah. laughs> absolutely yeah. ducky writes a number one christmas hit <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then he's made it forever mm-hmm. yeah i i see that but yeah so not not team ducky um, because I think, I don't know if it's the elephant in the room. I think it's pretty clear for everybody who's watched this film that Ducky is, um, by today's standards, probably emotionally abusive um, <laughs> towards Andy. But if we could just switch that off and, uh, and talk about like 1980s standards, even yeah. by like, you know, kind of teen movie standards of the, the, the lovesick best friend, he he doesn't leave her alone like yeah, he, he really doesn't well there is that thing like i i just kind of think he shouldn't get to get the girl because he wants to get the girl yeah. she can love him but not want to be with him and i think that's what the film's pretty much about in terms of that stuff is that like it doesn't you can't help who you fall for and like in this case i guess blaine did kind of have to go through some sort of arc to end up with Andy but like mm. she couldn't help that she was attracted to him and she knew it was kind of weird and wrong and you know or wrong that's weird but uh you know but that was the arc and and that I think that really works but it just wouldn't have felt right for Ducky to just keep insisting she should love him and then she mm. does like that's mm. that's not how yeah he doesn't really have an arc does he he just no. stays the same he dresses slightly darker colors that's his character growth i think yeah he's he sad. switches from the ducky shoes to cons at one point yeah and Show he probably realized it was the right thing for him down the line but like you know that thing when you're a teenager and you only have x-men friends and one of them's a girl and you're kind of like cool well she's so cool maybe i love her but also maybe he's not emotionally ready to know that he just is her best friend hmm. you know, yeah she says her to, fault. <laughs> to Iona at one point uh, when he's bothering her right before she goes on her first date with Blaine she's like have you ever had one of these oh yeah I love it <laughs> which I thought was really really sweet because I think you know regardless of your gender I think everyone has been a ducky in some way and everyone has had a ducky in yeah. some way like a, a kind of an unrequited crush yeah. friendship thing where you're like I, I love you and I care about you, but I don't love you in that way. And for Ducky, I'm just like, I, I think he deserves more than he deserves to be with somebody who likes him for him. Exactly. And if he if they'd gotten together at the end, I don't think I think she had been sort of a bit too unforgivable to him at times if from his point of view. Yeah. Um, but you, you have the book, the novelization with you. Yeah. In which <laughs> so, like Team Ducky fans get what they want. Kind of. So yeah. I don't know if everybody knows this. You probably do. But um, so the end of this film had to be reshot because audiences hated. The, so originally she does end up with Ducky kind of and audiences hated it. Test audiences absolutely hated it. So they had to drag Andrew McCarthy back from like a, a Broadway show he was doing in New York with a shaved head, put a wig on him and a prom tux and reshoot the scene. Um, and it just didn't work. And um, Molly Ringwald has said that originally they'd cast Robert Downey Jr. as Ducky and she was like, I can see how this would work. But then her and John Cryer just had this totally different dynamic. <laughs> she was like, oh, he's still very attractive, but I just I had a different dynamic with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, their dynamic was totally different. They were like brother and sister and she didn't really feel it worked. And audiences responded to that. So they ended up reshooting the ending. But my novelization that I have right here in my hand <laughs> um, has the original ending, which I still think like, they don't kiss, so it's kind of like... Which by rom-com standards mean they don't really get together. Absolutely. Unless there's a kiss, yeah, you can it's not canon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if we'd all like to read, or let me read a tiny little passage from this. It's absolutely deranged writing. It's very short <laughs> paragraph. Spoilers for the pretty and um, pink novelization. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all seen the film, so we know how it ends. It's just like, you know, the prom. Um, so this ends at the prom, and it says, Blaine wasn't grinning, he was smiling. And so were Andy Walsh and Ducky Dale. 
They held each other as the couples around them began to dance again. They held each other and smiled. They danced and danced and <laughs> danced around, <laughs> smiling at each other, then laughing, dancing around and around and around until they were one, one whirling, smiling, laughing blur of pink. Oh, classic, Which classic teenage. Does not contain a kiss. Twirling, twirling towards freedom. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound slightly unhinged. That writing is wild. <laughs> is it like that throughout the whole thing? Is no, it? that's pretty. That's pretty. Who wrote it? H. B. Gilmore. That's yeah. a ghost. Well, that's Ferrante, but for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's um, that was the original ending. Was them having a what they keep referring to it as a moonlight dance, um, where like you know it kind of follows on from like the when she walks into prom and he kind of saves her by being there in a suit and you know they hold hands and go in together and they're united and. They love each other and they're best friends. And that's kind of then in the actual ending, the new ending, mm-hmm. uh, interrupted by Blaine coming over and like shaking hands. And then she's like, I ah, know, I actually do like Blaine. And Ducky gives her the go he ahead gives to go her away. With Blaine. Like, yeah. like it's a wedding. But then he, he sees Christy Swanson who's giving him the eyes. So you're like, okay, <laughs> it's, end up with it's Ducky. the that's most fine. last minute, like, we need a resolution for Ducky. <laughs> we'll just get a pretty person. Here's another girl. She's wearing pink too, so you could just yeah. have her. And it's just like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he oh, breaks the fourth wall. And he breaks the fourth wall. He we were there the whole time. And he did nothing about it. He's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's rude of him. Yeah. To not. Like, Zach Morris would check in with us from time to time. Ducky exactly. was ignored us. He was so focused on Andy. Oh, yeah. bless him. Um, what do we make of Molly Ringwald's repeated assertion um, that Ducky was gay? And it was because he was based on her best friend who was gay and devoted oh. to her in that way, who came out after. The well, I know out. that John Cryer does not think that Ducky is yes. gay. Yes. Mm. He wrote about it in his mm-hmm. book that I didn't read, but Brent, my husband, who's right there, did. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, said that he absolutely is not gay. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I, mean, I, he, I think he's very easily read as gay. Yeah. It's very gay, coded, totally. You could say, um, in lots of ways. Mm. But, I mean, he. he does a song and dance number in a local record shop on Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon, so I don't know, but uh, I think I could, I mean, I could see Ducky in like a couple of years' time just being like any which way, having a good time, yeah. mm-hmm. living his life. I think he goes whatever. to college and realizes he's bisexual. Yeah, that's I would, my, that, that feels right. That's my headcanon that feels right for, for Ducky. Ducky and, yeah. and he meets a person and he's happy. Yeah. And that and that's that's what happens with him. Yeah. And him and Andy don't stay friends, I don't think. Oh. I, I, I feel like he learns what he needs to learn from her and he moves on because it's too painful. Does he hate her? Like No. If he was he remembers her. her fondly. Okay. Whenever he hears the psychedelic furs, he's like, ah <laughs> I once knew a girl who was pretty in pink. High school. Yeah, yeah. Or or like he'll see someone in pink in the street and be like, ah oh. and, and then it's not her. And oh. then he's like, ah. Oh. My little heart. I learned so much. I, I didn't realize how much I thought about this until this moment. <laughs> you should write the, the sequel novelization. I will write the sequel novelization. <laughs> there was a thing um, a few years ago um, that was a, 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 what do you call it, a, a April Fool's joke, um, where the studio or somebody had said, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bring back Pretty in Pink. It's Pretty in Pink to Ducky's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I would absolutely see this. But it was an April Fool's joke, unfortunately, which oh, devastated me. Do that. <laughs> Ducky's revenge. Um, yeah, that's Ducky. That's Ducky. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Steph. Um, Steph is a terrible person, I would say. Te- Pretty terrible. irredeemable. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm watching a lot of Love Island at the moment, so I'm just, okay. I'm seeing Steph, a lot of Love Island men in Steph at the moment. Is that what they're all like on the violin? They are exactly like Steph. Oh, they are okay. very nice to other men and horrible to the women that they like. Yeah. Yeah. So that is essentially Steph. We were watching the the clip that we saw of Steph where he's at Andy's car um, b- before everyone came in. And the only point, because it's like, James Spader, come on. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> like, I get your point. <laughs> but um, the only point in the film where I think he's attractive is when he puts the cigarette in his mouth. I'm like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I see it. But then, I love James Spader so too. much. And like, I love him because he's a dog. Like, <laughs> man is a dog. And like, nobody could play Steph like he plays no. Steph. And he's no. brilliant. Uh, but I think like what you get in the little intro that we just showed there is like probably the most vulnerable you're ever going to see him. He, Maybe he genuinely really does like her and she has actually 
like spurned him and he can't deal with it. That's what I think. Looking, glancing at Vicky to see if she approves <laughs> this, but uh, our one step. Oh, I, I think he's a wounded, wounded yeah. boy. Yeah. Like I think when we see him at his party, when he's drunk, watching his videotapes. Uh, yeah. Just, oh it's amazing God. drunk acting, by the way. <laughs> yeah. He seems so genuinely hammered. Um, but he does seem quite like kind and soft there. Yeah. And even like he's like trying to be nice to them and like shut Benny down when she's like throwing out F-slurs. And yeah, stuff. and that seems like a... I don't feel like he's nice enough, though. No, no, but he definitely oh. does. There is care from yeah. him there, but nowhere else in the film. Only when he's drunk and he's like his shirt's even more unbuttoned. His shirt is like at least three buttons down in every single scene, all the time. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he, even yeah. at prom at the end, he has his his bow tie kind of yeah. open and he's sitting like this, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, again, I get your so point, James Vader, but like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the the parting shot from uh, Blaine is like. Uh, she thinks you're shit and deep down you know she's right and yeah. it's kind of left hanging there so like you know um, the argument might be that he may become a better man as a result of this episode uh, that's that's happened with okay him my head canon for him <laughs> just thought of it his parents get back from their holiday mm-hmm. wherever they are um, at their holiday at the stock market and then they come home and the place is trashed and they cut him off and they don't give it they, they're, they're like get out of the house like or if he goes to college they're don't like the boathouse you have to yeah, yeah literally yeah. like yeah like you're not getting any more money mm-hmm. and then he he learns from that um, and Ducky started a tech startup and moved to <laughs> Silicon Valley <laughs> I absolutely see that for them. Okay, I'm fan fictioning this book three. <laughs> Sorted. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think he 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 needs to like learn a lesson because money is obviously a huge theme of this film. It's a Romeo and Juliet like class uh, struggle thing. Like Andy literally lives on the other side of the tracks. Like oh, it's yeah. so Love it. Um But. Blaine says to him, like, is money all you care about? And he's like, oh, would I treat my parents' house like this if money was, if if I even thought about money? And Mm. it's like, it's that rich person thing of like, oh, you don't even think about it, you know? So I think that's the lesson that he needs to learn. And I guess he he sort of learns it in that, like, money can't get him Andy. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't bring him happiness, like the kind of the superficiality of his relationship with what what is the girl's name Benny uh, Benny, Benny. Yeah. like that relationship isn't you know anything substantial that we can she's see she's a bitch <laughs> I, I'm sort of obsessed with her though oh, yeah. like she is she's terrifying her name's Jim yeah <laughs> I love her I love her like yeah she's incredible she's amazing but yeah I think that's the lesson that he needs to learn is that money can't get you mm. everything Benny and Steph have like perfect 80s faces yeah. oh yeah like yeah. they, like I didn't even realize that she was um, Ellen Ty from Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, because I only watched for the first time this week. By the way, just for reference. Oh yeah. Um, and James Bader, I'd never really seen him as a young person in anything either. Well, he looks older than he does. Like, um, he looks like a, a, like a weird teacher wandering the corridors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks also, thirty-five. He has this his nostril. And I only saw it on the big screen right now. His nostril is like evolutionary designed to consume cocaine. He's got this perfect <laughs> curvature of it. He just has this perfect eighties nose. He's like designed for the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he, he's perfect. I couldn't imagine anybody else oh, playing he's so him. Good. He's like, so good. He's I I I think I get the team stuff thing because I think it would be hot. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> if you think that Annie's not going to like end up with whoever she ends up with because she is eighteen. She is 18. That's the thing to remember yeah. about teen yeah. movies, isn't no, it? No, I am married to the person I started going out with when I was 16. Well, I was that about to call yeah, me too. I was married to the person I met when I was 19. Yeah. But we are freaks. So, yeah. It wasn't as dramatic as any of this. Like. <laughs> um, Blaine. 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 I mean, I can't talk about him. I'll cry. <laughs> He's just... I don't know. Like, I've always loved Andrew McCarthy, but, like, the first time I ever saw Andrew McCarthy was a weekend at Bernie's, which I is my favourite comedy of all time, probably. Um, and, like, I just kind of had a crush on him when he was kind of playing a grown-up in that. And then when I was a teenager, I saw him playing a teenager, and I was like, whoa, okay. Um, but, like, the way he's introduced there, it is it's literally porn music. Yeah. And, like, he's just staring at you, and he looks kind of sick. And and me, like, right at me. <laughs> and like, and their flirting is so cute. And like, comes in, and he brings the Steve Lawrence record up, and he's just being adorable. And like, I don't know. I just, I just think he is. He plays this role really 
vulnerably because he's he should have more of a swagger, but he actually doesn't. And that's mm. kind of, I think that's what she sees in him is that like, you know, he's a Richie, but he looks a little bit different or like he's a yeah. little bit more vulnerable. He's got giant sad eyes. And yeah. She's like, oh, what's behind those? And he does try. You know, he does really try in every possible way, going out to the yard and he looks like an idiot and everyone hates him. And that's really funny. I love, yeah. I love that scenery. <laughs> he, he goes out and he's just like, oh my God, these freaks like what is going on out here i can't believe i'm like around all these poor people or whatever but um but like yeah he he doesn't do so well at the beginning like bringing her to the party initially is he's, he's a bit naive isn't he yeah but then her friends idea. are horrible to him as well like so i guess it, you yeah. know both, both situations are shit and then they're like oh maybe this will never work that lovely little scene in the barn or stables the book or something? Oh, a stables, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. That makes more sense than a barn. It's a weird setting for that scene. It is. So we did we did Andy's friends. We did we did his friends. Uh, what's common ground? Like a stable? <laughs> stables? Like, it's weird. Well, I guess he probably owns the, the horse in the stable or whatever. And he was trying yeah. to show off to her. I have a, I have a horse. <laughs> and she's like, oh. <laughs> well, it's quite a nice scene. And it establishes a lot for the kind of third act then is that like both of them know that this has gone terribly wrong mm. and that like this is never going to work, but we're going to just try it anyway. And, and then yeah. the kiss. And like it's it's important to say as well that Blaine is really good at kissing. Yes. That I didn't pull the yes. clips every kiss but like I was really tempted to because the kisses are great <laughs> like it's it's it sounds silly but kisses in rom-coms or just romantic films they're so important they can make yeah. or break the film they're and they're really good. good at kissing each other and really good. It, yeah. it makes it because she fancied him on like the during filming and everything. I guess you can tell. That's why the kissing is so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> can't fake good kissing. Yeah. Like like she, I don't know, you probably can't. She, she, she was like, oh no, we should we should get, on. do you know who we should get for this? We should totally get Andrew McCarthy because he's very talented and very good and like, I can't blame her. Um, but he is interesting in that he is not like necessarily like gorgeous. Like he's kind of a bit what? weird looking. He's got kind of weird crossed eyes and a little like... I don't know, like, I don't know, hangdog kind of face. <laughs> okay. I say that with, this with immense love. Um, but, you know, he's not like, I don't know, Rob Lowe or something, you know, like he's not that guy. And so mm. he is that little bit like... He's not Rob cool. Lowe in St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah, like no fuck. sort of. <laughs> no fuck. God, never let anyone go out with him. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, he is kind of like... He's just kind of cooler. He's kind like of mousy. Yeah. He's, 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 he's very, he's non-threatening. He's the opposite to yes. Steph. Like he's yeah. very yeah. non-threatening, big sad eyes, beautiful boy. Yeah. Um, and Andy is the person initially with all the power because yeah. of that. Like, Should we watch the clip of them flirting in tracks? <gasps> yes. Oh yeah. Okay. This yeah. is clip yeah. four, I think. Marius, please. That receipt bit is how you know she likes him. I mean, she looked like she's going to eat him yeah. up at the end there. Yeah, she's, it's very cute because he didn't bring her a cool record. Yeah. It's very a, cute. That's a great opening bit. Like for anyone trying to flirt with another person, that, I think that'd do that. Like, very, very cute. Um, very cute. But yeah, she's just hard eyes. Like she's all over him. It's yeah. amazing. That's great. They have good chemistry. Mm. Which maybe is the only argument of all of who can be steam, team whoever. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. like they actually just have really good chemistry. And I think Mo Molly, my friend, Mo Molly, my pal, um, <laughs> she's like, this is the last John Hughes film that she did. Like she's, she wants to, she wants to leave this. She wants to stop playing high school students. Um, and she initially said no to this um but john he was being obsessed with her as he was he was like but i wrote it for you and the, like else being is such a ducky about it like if we're <laughs> honest like but um like thank god she did it obviously but um like she she could have phoned it in you know and she didn't like yeah. she's really she's playing this role like really really well totally. and she's so likable she's, she's so, so cool so like she's so cool um I have a bunch of people. Alan doesn't oh, yeah. like her clothes. <laughs> I mean, her clothes are like mental. So yeah, I, so get I, that. I did watch it for the first time literally this week, right? So in my mind, she's the way people dress in the eighties because that's an eighties film in my head. So if I yeah. think the eighties, I think of her in that as mm. an eighties look. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things 
in this film that I didn't realize were outsider things about her until I watched it. Okay. I didn't realize she was poor until about halfway through the film because her house uh, is bigger than my house. Oh, no, so, that's America for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't think Did she you not was... see that she's from the wrong side of the tracks in the opening credits? Yeah. It was when they said that. I know. I think I must have looked at my phone or something. But when, it was when she said that. I was like, oh, she's a poor person. Okay, right. Mm. I get it. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I thought that's how I redress in the 80s. And then I was like, oh, no, they didn't they dress like Benny, I guess. Yeah, I think. Yeah. They, they, yeah, exactly. And I think like in the opening, the intro where she's talking to her dad, he's kind of like, oh, wow, like, tell me about this outfit. And she's like, oh, I made this and I got mm. this in the trip shop and all that kind of stuff, which is really cool. And like, it's sort of like the 80s, but also your granny. Like, mm. I really like that. And I love the, like, uh, a closed shirt with a little brooch yeah. here. Or like the really long pearls and the grey thing. Like, yeah, yeah. no. Her great. dragon bomber jacket is amazing. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I think she, yeah. she still has that. That's her favourite oh. thing she wore. And I like yeah. her um, her waistcoats as well. Yeah. The the prom dress. Actually, could we do a, a, like, put up your hand if you like Andy's prom dress? It's the worst no, fucking zero. dress. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> legitimately... <laughs> It is the worst thing. It's ho- it's genuinely horrible. Oh, it is a. Ho- I mean, I kind of like it from like the shoulders up. No, no, like, <laughs> none of it is good. The only thing good about it is the color, um, which is beautiful. But now it's a bit beautiful of a gobby color. color as well. It's kind of been ruined. Yeah, like, yeah. like it, it's, it's like someone like attached weights to the bottom of it because it all just hangs. It just down dra- yeah, it drags her yeah. down. It's and she comes out in the dress and shows her dad and he's like, oh wow. It's the most disappointing like, like pan upwards. Yeah. You're just like, okay, shoot. You're like, okay, okay. Oh, triangle, 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 hair. And oh, then you get yeah. to here and you're like, what is that? Should we watch the clip of the dress making yes. montage, which no. is Please. clip number eight? Please, Marius. And then we'll discuss it more. Yeah. Because I think we need to talk about the dress a lot. Like, if they played sad trombone music when she walked out, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> oh, it's like when Lisa Simpson had to make her own Florida outfit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> if she had a piece of paper that said prom dress, it would have been better. Oh, um, every time I revisit this. sketch of it. You bad. know, she does the little triangle thing and then the big circle around it. And I'm like, oh, what is she going to yeah. do? And then you're like, oh, literally that. It's <laughs> I mean, the warning signs were there. It was like just two straight lines. Yeah. That's most of the dress. So yeah. That's the end of the middle and bottom of the dress are now done. From a design perspective, like she's drawn two straight lines. And it's like, oh. it, even watching it back, like she has the two perfectly fine dresses. <gasps> one of which her dad, yeah. well, the one her dad got her is cute. Iona's dress from like the oh, 50s Iona's or dress. whatever the fuck. Yeah. I don't know how old Iona is, but like it's a beautiful dress. And Iona and she loves it. up in that and she does her, her, her big yeah. beehive. And I, I, I love her. I, I love don't her know so if she asked her for permission, if she could like cut up her dress and make an abomination out of it. Yeah. I don't think she did. Because yeah. like Iona's like, I love this dress. Mm-hmm. I'm going to OD on nostalgia. I, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and then oh, can we talk about how Iona looks younger than James Bader? <laughs> yeah. Because it's always drawn attention to that she's she's like, oh my god, I'm so haggard. She's probably old. 22. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, like she's she's hot. Oh, um, she's young. so cool. How do we feel about her? Makeover and her boyfriend Terry, who's her landlord, hate incredibly it. disappointing. Yeah, I hate, yeah. hate yeah. him. Do not I'm happy sleep for her. She's landlords. happy, but like, yeah, he's. I don't. No. I don't like this guy. I don't see a landlord in her future. It's no, just, she's too punk. Like she's mm-hmm. way too cool. Like the first thing we when we first meet her, she's like staple gunning like yeah vinyl records to a ceiling, which I'm like, okay, not great for the for the music or whatever <laughs> so or the ceiling planet yeah. <laughs> but artistic and mm-hmm. sweet and we so we cool. love that for and her, her clothes are so cool and like yeah. you know I mean we don't have a prequel yet to this film but like I can imagine that Iona has had a huge effect on Andy and her style yes she's so cool and then you're like I don't know not that I didn't like how she looked when she had her little makeover I didn't like her hair but, but she, like she looked horrible. like she was <laughs> in a play yeah, yeah. you know that guy Terrence or whatever his name was he was ugh 
No. Tyler to go in there and shake your tail feather? Yeah, no. Cough. Like, <laughs> absolutely not. No. It takes time to look this great. Go on. I fully yeah. think she should have got with Ducky. I, I don't care. Like, I, I really don't. I ship she it. She is literally twice his age. I, yeah. So. But she doesn't look no, it. No, <laughs> That makes it okay. <laughs> yeah, I, all my problematic stuff is coming out. Actually, this film brings out the worst in me. Well, <laughs> Take maybe, that teenager. Maybe they both moved, her and Ducky moved to Brooklyn and opened the record store together. That would be cool. Yeah. That would be cute. Okay, yeah. book, book four sorted. Okay. Well, we're <laughs> really cool. we're getting through these. Um, Andy's dad, we haven't talked about him. Oh, yeah. The he's lovely so Harry Dean Stanton. And also their amazing dog. Oh, he looks exactly dog. like Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> he has the same <laughs> stubble. Just more ginger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love dad. their little relationship. I think it's so well, like, it, we, we kind of just dip in and out of it a lot, but mm. it's, um, it's so well developed. And their confrontation kind of towards the end just before she makes her beautiful dress it's, it's so hard to watch like him dealing with his wife leaving and all that stuff like it's yeah. it's so sad and even the conversation he has with Ducky in the yard which is it's so bizarre nice. yeah, yeah. but he's just like you know I loved someone once and you know all this and, and Ducky's like so Andy's mom and he's like yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, a girl he's so good like I just think he's it brilliant feels like he doesn't that that's just like Harry Dean Stanton talking to John Cryer and he hasn't realized that John Cryer is an actor in the movie. yeah <laughs> yeah like, yes John <laughs> <laughs> have you read the script <laughs> he he just has such a, a beautiful face he like really he, does. he has like one of the kindest faces mm. and I, I, I don't know, has he played like a, a like a villainy role before or something? I'd be very interested to see that because I just... He has like 200 credits. Everything. So yeah. Yeah. Everything. I, did, I, I, I should seek, seek him out playing something where he's like a bad person, but he's just so do warm and lovely. <laughs> like he's... And I, I find their, you know, side plot interesting because I think it would have been very easy for their relationship to be centred not around the fact that their mother or that her mother left, but rather, you know, like that her mother had died or something. And mm. you could have had the same sort of thing where, you know, he's struggling to get a job because of grief or whatever. Yeah. And I just think it's really interesting that it was that that they chose to have her leave them. Mm. Like it would have worked plot wise the exact same, I yeah. think, had it been, you know, the death of a mother. But I like it all the more for it being, yeah, you know, he has a little, he has to, yeah, and it, like, I don't, they don't really get into it, like, why he doesn't work is, is he, is it depression? Does he have an addiction issue? I mean, they don't really yeah. say anything. Um, but like, he just, it's just so, it's so well kind of threaded throughout everything. Yeah. Um, and like, from the second we meet him, he's like, bizarrely, like the first seconds of the film, he's like in bed with like his little vest and he's like leaning up in bed, asking her about her outfit. And it's just like, this is a weird way to introduce someone's dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, there's, there's all these like maybe four or five key little scenes with him and Andy and they're all just imbued with this real emotion, real feeling, real oh, story. I fully like, believe that they're like father and daughter. Yeah. And all these vulnerabilities that come out and it's yeah. just, uh, the bit where he, he doesn't know that she doesn't like eggs and yeah. she's like oh since forever if that was two other actors I think that mm. scene could have been so like oh my god he doesn't even know his own daughter, daughter. Yeah. but in, with the two of them you're just like oh and he's not like an abusive dad or yeah. horrible dad which is also kind of like easy you know like she's from the wrong side of tracks and her dad's yeah. abusive like it's not that either it's complicated relationship and that's why I think this film stands out from uh, like other films it's just I think every relationship has a lot of kind of thought and emotion put into mm. it and like possibly the actors bring a lot of that themselves like from their own yeah. strengths works really, so. really well I love Harry Dean Stanton can though. I give you my grand unifying theory of why the dress is the way that it is yes how it ties into the themes of the film sorry we got okay. away from the dress I know no, but, so Harry Dean Stanton whose name I don't know and, and they're both dealing with the rejection that their mother slash wife left okay right so he buys her a dress and he's found a new mother in Annie Potts and she gives her a dress and she's got no rejection from Blaine by putting these two dresses together into a new dress that it's just symbolizing her working past all of this. Well, I don't know to get past it because what she did was create a <laughs> yes. monster. She has a lot of stuff to go get through. Yeah. But yeah. she's putting the work in. Isn't yeah, it? She's trying. The next yeah. dress is better. That dress is what I look like in therapy. She's <laughs> exactly. trying so hard but really not getting anywhere. <laughs> That's that's it. That's who I am. Is this a warning sign that Blaine is a monster? Is this 
I that dress is so disgusting. I didn't quite get the Blaine thing watching it. I feel like he's a blank slate a bit. Alan. I think he just. I love his. Yeah, like but you're not a girl, so. I know. I know. I know. Right. But I feel like his smile. His smile is that you've said something mean to me and I don't have a comeback. Is what his smile is every time she talks to him. Yeah. I like, okay. I like, I like you too much to try have a comeback. Is what his smile mm. is. I feel mm. like people project onto him a little bit. Possibly. I I think Blaine is for for women who like men. Blaine is like what a, a hot bimbo on a on a screen is. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's different ways. Is he of like a manic people. pixie dream girl for, for yeah, girls? Yeah, I, I think that's what he is. He's a just a like, preppy dream boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd like, like to see him more crack, but I feel like he might be crack. But we never really got to see him in that situation. Yeah, mm. he's just like he's not like other boys. Um, he's wealthy, which is important. Like, <laughs> pretend it isn't, but it's you know, it's handy. Uh, he has a nice car and all that kind of stuff, which is nice. Um, and he's very sensitive and has big blue eyes. And he doesn't really do any. Like he he has like defended her when in, yeah. when she needed to be defended, but not in a like a hyper macho masculine way. Like he doesn't punch anybody or anything. Yes. Which would be too much. I think he's just the perfect sort of like what like straight women dream up as just like ah man <laughs> there we go this is what we want like and just and not not that deep like terrible <laughs> taste in music yeah yeah but we'd teach him wouldn't we yeah yeah whereas like you know Steph is like the other he's like the id like you're like oh sure. okay <laughs> that's the the darkness of woman but it resides like, in Steph I your think. point about projecting onto Blaine is that why we like him then is it just kind of like oh this guy he's so dull there's nothing about him but I'll teach him how to be like like edgier and bring him to the club and teach him about good music like is that is that what we like, yeah want to do <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool well no i, I think he's just he's, he's like non-threatening boy prize at yeah, the end okay. of the movie where you're like yeah great i i he's he, he's a i get to win him and he's he's the he's the nice one he's good looking and he's mm. not mean yeah and the bar is so low, I know, but like that is what women want, really. Um, nice looking and not mean. Actually, you don't have to be that nice looking, just don't be mean, I guess. Um, and I think that's what Blaine is. He's and allow just... yourself to be slightly vulnerable. Yes, that's what totally. Like the sensitivity yeah. is what makes yeah. him hot, I think. Because if you switch those two actors, him and Steph, like you would oh. still fancy whoever was in the Blaine role. Yeah, and you wouldn't fancy Andrew McCarthy in CJ Spader trying to be dull, <laughs> or, or Andrew McCarthy trying to be like the tough guy. Oh no, I don't know. I don't know about that. That would be a bit strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we should talk about the ending, I guess, yeah. a little bit more. So I know we we've all are essentially team Blaine. Are we happy that she ends up with him, even though we want her to? Mm. I think going back to what you said, she's 18. Mm. I'm happy that she got her a nice prom and that like mm -hmm. it all worked out really nicely and she's had to unpick some things in herself and he's had to do that and all that kind of stuff. So like I don't know that she's going to like marry him and move into his big house or whatever. Like that's not the future mm. I see for her anyway. Mm -hmm. Like she'll go off to college and their design school and I don't know, whatever, have a great life. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm happy that it happened for her because she does really like him. And I think that um, the notion of crossing like the wealth barrier is sort of important and not in that way that like she wants his money. It's more just kind of like, I can, I, why can't I date a rich boy? This is stupid. Mm. I have loads to offer. So I think it's important in that sense. Um, but I don't necessarily think they're there forever. One of the reasons they changed the ending I read was because they were worried it was classist to have her not go, go with the rich guy at the oh, end. Because she couldn't, because she's not good enough for him. Get, yeah, mm. so I don't know. Well, it's more like that the rich people were snobs and wouldn't let her in. Yeah, like, and Steph also every, everybody let her booed in. the ending as well. So. <laughs> what? Everybody booed the ending when they showed yeah. the original. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the ending the ending's interesting because obviously, like, like, you can talk about how problematic it is that her happy ending is kissing a boy um but this is a this is a rom-com at the end of the yeah. day and these things have formulas and they have formulas for a reason like I, I read a lot of rom-com like novels and I just I love the formula I feel safe and like held in the formula and uh and get, getting the boy at the end is like 
you know, it's not, it's not like kind of framed as all her dreams are coming yeah. true. I don't think this is a teen movie. It's isolated to your teenage years. Yeah. And it's okay to want to kiss a nice boy. Like that's the thing. It's, it's not anti-feminist to like a boy, no. <laughs> no. you know, <laughs> like but she never has to change and she no. never has to do anything. Like it's always about like at no point in time is like Andy's amazingness ever questioned by anyone. Yeah. She's just constantly told that she's great. And like, and it's accepted. So she doesn't have to do anything. And she asserts herself so well in that. In the mm. scene, like in my fa- absolute favorite scene in the in the movie, which is their confrontation at the locker, which I think we will Would we see, like to we'll watch see that? in a minute. Yes. Yeah, we'll watch it first. And then okay, we'll clip number seven, so Andy good. confronts Blaine. Please, Marius. I just think everyone should get an Oscar. They're very, they're very good, aren't they? That, that's the yeah. best cheer on cinema, yeah. like in, in cinema. So good. Do it's, we feel sorry for him? Yeah. Do we feel I sorry do. for him, Alan? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Do we feel sorry for him, audience? Oh. Middling. Oh. Oh. Okay. We're all very biased up here, aren't we? I feel sorry for him, not because I don't think he did anything wrong, yeah. but because I think that this is him as like an 18-year-old having his first genuine confrontation where he's fucked up and he's done something wrong and he's realizing like oh I I I really messed this up and I've hurt somebody and I feel sorry for him because the weight of that I think is just like you can see it in him it's just like crashing down on him he's like oh my god I've hurt somebody so much and it's all my fault because I was selfish and all I wanted to do I was a coward like all I wanted to do was like impress my friends or not fall out with my friends and everybody has had a moment like that in their life you know hopefully it happens when you're a teenager and you learn from it and you move (laughs) on um and i think that's what we kind of witnessed there so i do feel sorry for him in that moment because it's a crushing feeling feels genuine doesn't it like he's genuine he's like oh shit i'm such a piece of shit but then the like a month ago i asked someone like he's 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 like (laughs) i can't believe i'm saying this like this is so pathetic this is so stupid and I'm just like, oh, come on, no, no, you're better than this. Everyone's better than this. But she asserts herself so well. Yeah. Like so good. the, I saw you and I thought you saw me. Like, <laughs> like that's so, I wouldn't have the guts to say that to someone now. Oh, no <laughs> way. I'd be like, oh, no, never she's mind so then. <laughs> and she's not like settling for anything less than like, tell me the truth. And yeah, exactly. I want to great. know the truth. And at the end of the movie, when like he sees her at prom and he says along the lines of like, uh, I always believed in you. I just didn't believe in me, mm. which I thought was a nice little line because he was just like, just not able. He was uh, first time I saw this movie, by the way, on the side, I thought he said, um, you just didn't believe in me. And I was a bit like, fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still loved him, but I was Sorry. like, oh, hi, okay, why would she? But uh, then I was like, oh, no, that's actually a really nice line. But it is like tiny little line that you insert in there so that everyone knows that he has changed and he's had to like realize that like you can't just be a coward your entire life and do whatever Steph tells you to do because that will lead you to some very and, bad places. And high school is ending. Like Be- yeah. Benny says it at the at the prom, like uh, uh, Steph wants to go upstairs to like his, it's like, it's a $300 suite. It's hardly going to be anything special or whatever. <laughs> and he, he's like, oh, let's go upstairs and like really get this party started. And she's like, well, we're not, we're not going to see these people for age, for forever Ever, or whatever. Yeah. You know, this is the last time we're going to see them. And he's just like, oh, he's so over it. But it's like, it is that thing of when you get to the end of school and you realize like, oh God, whatever allegiances I had here, like especially problematic ones or toxic ones with like, you know, the leader of a group or, yeah. or, or, or like, you know, his whole friendship group. I think at prom, he's just like, oh 
God, I'm never going to see any of these yeah. assholes again. Like, why do I care so much? Exactly. What Steph yeah. thinks. Like, and that is a, that's probably the most important lesson he learns. Totally. Just get, get away, away from Steph. him. Yeah. <laughs> because even if he does, you know, he can still call him in 10 years time and be like, hi, I'm a money broker now <laughs> i heard you work at the money factory can i have a job um because that's how that stuff works so it's fine yes. he just needs to like drop his name or, yeah exactly yeah. yeah um and andy will obviously be like a famous fashion designer Absolutely. And, and won't need money should she can hire steph as her money broker <laughs> Is money broker a thing? What, what am I trying to say? Stop like, what, what, st- Money accountant. Accountant? The person who, who you're like, invests oh, your invest money? for me. Yeah, like what's a that? financial advisor? Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Is that is that what uh, what Steph becomes, maybe? Financial advisor to... That or Coke Kingpin. Yeah. One of the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Either Both. way, she's going to be a famous designer. She's going to be... Yeah. 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 So, trying to finish, there's so many films on this season. Why did you pick Pretty in Pink to be the one to talk to us about? It's my favourite movie. Um, I literally spoke to Ashling, uh, who's our head of marketing, who I was planning this with, and I was like, maybe I could be on Juvenilia talking about Pretty in Pink. <laughs> uh, like, there's just nothing. I mean, this season has a billion movies in it, and I love them all. Um, but, like, this is just my favourite. And I don't really even know what it is about this movie, but, like, it's just that I can watch it a million times and always, like pick something in it that I really respond to or whatever. Um, I just love it so much. It's got everything. I mean, also like the soundtrack of this film is just phenomenal and it really, that's one of those things that I always think is important to experience films on the big screen if they have an amazing soundtrack and this one really does and it's such a, it's almost like, it's such a cliche to say it's like a character in the film but like it sort of is like that era that this is from which is like kind of when that post-punk English stuff was getting to America and so this is all real edgy and John Hughes on the phone to In Excess and like Psychedelic Furs and just being like, can we have your tune please? Um, and like, yeah, so I just I just think it's such a, a cool movie and like, there's not enough just bloody cool movies. I think it just it stands the test of time very well. And even like us having these conversations about the sexual politics that are going on, like it still feels like it's got an emotional heft to it that I, I love. And like, I know we're talking about a teen movie, so I, but, um, but it's a great one. So that was, it was no, there was absolutely, that was, this was always going to be the one. Yeah, I think it's like the quintessential teen movie. For me, teen definitely. Movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm curious, does anyone like hate this movie? That's good. Good. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a strange event to yeah. come to if you did. Just big Juvenilia fans. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So That's I fun. think we should open it up to the audience in case they have any, like, more of a comment than a question is fine here. Yeah, we, um, we like more of a comment yeah. than the question. Um, we also have two prizes for the best comment or a question. <laughs> no, no pressure. Yeah. Seven inch single of I've had the time in my life. Amazing. And the seven inch single of Footloose by Kenny Loggins. So also amazing. You get your pick. I want to go to Team Steph person first. Yeah, is there a team, a team step person who wants to make a comment? Do you want to make or a comment? Question. Explain yourself. <laughs> no, yeah, real quiet now. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello. Hi. Team staff person here. <laughs> it's actually just team peak James Bader as well. Mm-hmm. But like he has liked her since she was 14. And all of a sudden his buddy who's heard her, him talking about her for four years asks her out. And you're like, Blaine, you're such a sap. <laughs> like you're asking out the girl that you know your friend already found does he face. know do you think he knows oh he's like he's his best friend he has to if he's been asking her for four years he's heard her mentioned mm. that's a very very and it's fair also really point. interesting that it's like that scene we see where steph's on the stairs and sees them fighting he said to blaine you're with a bottle as soon as your parents find out about her and he does oh so there's a lot that steph i think knows not that she should end up with him but i don't think he's the devil well, he might be a little bit the devil. <laughs> James Spader is always a little bit the devil. He is. Yeah, very true. Him, absolutely but, uh, true. They are some very valid points. Yeah. Team Steph yeah, person. I yeah. think him, him liking her since he was 14 or since yeah. they were both 14. And she's like, mean to him. Like, she is mean to Steph. Like, when yeah. he meets her, she's well, like... He, he, like, blocks entrance to her car. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, yeah. smokes, <laughs> like, right in front of her when she doesn't smoke. Which Yeah, but he looks really cool like. when he smokes. So <sighs> Does she not smoke in the club scene? Yeah. I mean, everyone smoked. It was the 80s. Like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, on that, there's a scene where, in, where they're in PE 
and Andy's friend is, is like smoking. Oh, yeah. And and she's like, put that out, she'll see. And the PE teacher's like there. And she's like, put that out, as if like no one has a sense of smell in the 80s. Like no one can tell that there's smoke in the school gym. It's so weird. Like uh, there's no like smoke alarms in the gym. No. I don't know. No, sure in, in the bit where they're fighting. He's, he throws away, oh, like, which is a pet peeve of mine, like a full cigarette on the ground. Like a thing happens and he's like, well, I can't possibly have this cigarette now. And then he walks <laughs> off. I've, I was a smoker for a really long time and I'm like, I would never, ever. <laughs> like, that's, that's the time when you enjoy a cigarette. You're like, oh, okay. But a drama unfolding. <laughs> but yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point on, mm-hmm. on um, him being in love with her. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Would anybody else like to mention? Any team anything? duckies? Hey, yeah. You don't have to. Hi, um, I'm Team Ducky, but not Team Ducky to end up with Andy. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm Team Ducky because he is responsible for my one of my favorite scenes of all time in cinema, which is the Otis Redding dance scene. Oh my god! Yeah, it's absolutely perfect, and I just think even if you didn't actually fancy him, you just have to go to prom with him after that. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's. I like I go back and watch that if I ever watch it I just rewatch that scene like five times in a row yeah and then continue on with the rest of the film which pales in comparison to that I think guilty <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pull that clip now yeah. no, I think I, I just think he's great but I do agree that they shouldn't end up together just because he's pestering her but I do think they should have ended up going to prom together because they're such good friends because I I don't get the blame thing. I have a okay. book that you will love. Yeah. <laughs> Just the thing. Spinning and spinning around and around and around in a blur of pink. <laughs> but like I she gets it. the best of both worlds because she gets to go to prom with him but then gets to shift blame the car park. Yeah. So and yeah, I, I, yeah. Do, I do quite fancy Ducky in that scene. I think he's... He's, he's very hot. cool. Yeah. He's do you know what says really in the script cool. for that? What? It just says, Ducky enters singing a song he puts his all into it. That's all it says. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, and he does. Kenny Ortega, who directed Dirty Dancing. Oh my God. Yeah, so he came, apparently I was reading this, so he came in and did it, and the director was like, oh, yeah, that's really good, yeah. And John Cryer was like, oh no. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's just, it's going to take us three days to shoot this, and we only have a day. So was he so choreographed for it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. Part, I'm raging. When he goes up and down the stairs. He's helped with a choreographer. So for yeah. It. yeah, yeah. I'm like, Great. yeah. He's, he, he's... he went through two pairs of shoes. Wow, that's my favorite fun fact. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) and like as well, I know he shouldn't do it because it's wrong. But like when he grabs Iona and kisses her, and like she's just like completely stunned. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why I love that for her because she's like, oh, this young man, and (laughs) oh, so I love when she's in her like lady from Blade Runner outfit as well. She looks so cool, and like she's just completely shook. It's so great. Yeah, like Ducky's great. (laughs) Do you want to say anything about Iona? Oh yeah, please do, please do. Because I only <laughs> my own. get enough in the in in the kind of in in the discussion. So, um, yeah, she needed more screen time, I think. But I also really enjoyed that she answers the phone the same thing she does in Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like tracks what you want. <laughs> wow, That's I didn't know cute. that. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. She needs more screen time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to see her do? ditch that landlord yeah, yeah. Mm. for starters she should be yeah. shifting ducky in the car park she, be <laughs> she should have just showed up at prom instead of christy swanson in the pink dress <laughs> be like ooh you who sort of satisfaction in that i wouldn't have questioned it if she had just been on the dance floor at the end no me either yeah. or or like he, he ducky watches andy and blaine dancing and he gets sad and he walks outside and she just pulls up in a convertible with like a <laughs> yes. scarf around her head and she's like get in into the sunset like the end of greece like that's, yeah. what I want. The air. that's the end of the movie so it looks like a payphone and she picks up and he goes it's walter mondale yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect yeah yeah, yeah. i'm ready so much fun fiction for me. generation here. yeah so, i think yeah. I think I'm going to write some fan fiction. About <laughs> I think that, there's so much to be done. Um, okay. Can I ask do you, would you say like team Iona, would you have any fan fiction where Andy and Iona ever become a thing? Yes. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Is this um, <laughs> when she goes to Sarah Lawrence after, <laughs> after graduation? <laughs> opened in college and she comes back and she's like, Iona, it was always you. Aww, <laughs> I do. Aww. I like that. I bet that exists. Does it exist? Have you checked? I don't know if anyone haven't written it yet. <laughs> we should. Yeah, I think so. I can see that, definitely. Yeah. Mm, Is there any so other fun. team, anybody? 
Have we, have we missed anybody she could possibly end up with? Or notes about the film that don't involve teams. Kissing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've made this a lot about kissing, but. Um. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of kissing in it, and they're good. Yeah, kisses. there is. <laughs> Hi. Um, I was just thinking um, Pretty in Pink, obviously, this is the dynamic for the 80s and the 90s. It's She's All That. And do we think Lady Bird is the naughty's equivalent of it as well? Oh. With a different mm. dynamic. It definitely plays with it. Like that, there's literally that like joke that he makes about like the wrong side, the wrong side. Yeah. And like, I can't help but think it's sort of a little love, loving gesture towards Pretty in Pink, which opens with a shot of a train and a tracks and some Maggie Mm. houses or whatever, massive houses that are bigger than any of ours. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I kind of think that that's there in Lady Bird. And like, if Greta Gerwig was here today, I think she'd say that she watched this movie a lot when she was growing up. What do you think? I think Timothy Chalamet is definitely the predecessor to, or the, that the word? Probably, uh, yeah. Predecessor to <laughs> ble- to Steph, definitely. Mm. He's such a good version of Steph too. He's like the good modern version of Steph because he's not like he like he's just such a little dickhead. <laughs> yeah, but, but think, he's he's Timothy Chalamet, much in the same way as James Spader is James Spader. Mm-hmm. So you're like you have to kind of with some part of your heart kind of adore him. So yeah, yeah. I think like on on the kind of. Um, the point of it being, you know, like uh, any time you have teens on television or big screen post John Hughes, it is either informed by it or actively working against it because it is like it it took the invention of the teenager in the 50s and like just like did it again in, in yeah. the 80s um, in Technicolor. And so that we could all, you know, there was like five kinds of teenagers they're all white <laughs> um, and they're all in the breakfast club and the, like, you know, the kind of the Brat Pack films. Um, and thankfully that's being, you know, uh, corrected somewhat in kind of the diversity of teen films now, but A little bit. like, yeah, not, not great, not great, like not great. Um, but yeah, it, like it, you can't not, you know, it, it's like kind of trying to make a, a, a horror film and not, you know, even think about like Hitchcock or, you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's so formative and it's funny to have such a formative genre so recently, like the eighties were only 20 years ago, as we all yeah. know, <laughs> um, which is, yeah, it's amazing. But like, like I watched this movie probably like, you know, the mid nineties mm-hmm. and it came out the mid eighties and I was just like, oh, this old movie, this ancient movie full of tropes, <laughs> you know, uh, and it still has, she's all that coming out. You know? like, mm-hmm. So like it create like th- that, period of time with teen movies created a bunch of the tropes that continued on and then got kind of subverted and subverted and um i feel like teenage movies are just super bloody dark now <laughs> like yeah um i want like, a revival of just teen teen just romance, the crack yeah nice oh i love thing. that like um I, d- I shouldn't start banging on about it but like dash and lily on netflix is the best thing i've oh ever seen and uh i watched it the year it came out which was two years ago and uh, that that chap who's in euphoria as well i can't yeah. think of his name he is just such an andrew mccarthy he and is. i watched it over christmas and then i watched it again over last christmas and i will watch it until i die at christmas time but that's kind of close to the kind of tone of like just silly nonsense fun where you just mm. want to see people kissing yeah yeah love yeah it. it's not enough of that um <laughs> and if people like to read those kinds of things i recommend the book the novels of emily henry oh. um are excellent especially the novel beach read i've read it three times in the past year on the beach because <laughs> there's great kissing in it it's just Yay! really good kissing in it. it's great <laughs> i think we probably sit here all night but we should wrap it up yeah oh, probably was there any, anyone want to do like a last a last comment or or question or oh yeah. <laughs> or never <Yeah>. apologize <laughs> for having comments or questions i did yeah. say earlier that i could talk about pretty and pink until i die but mm-hmm. i will not keep you here until then we won't make you die with it I mean we're going to keep talking yeah, yeah. So you guys you can all can leave with your life. Yeah. there's also another movie starting here soon yeah. <laughs> probably should leave um, just in terms of saying like the pretty and pink you can watch it over and over again and it's held up quite well I think it's probably the Molly Ringwald film that's probably held up the best because other films 16 Candles which has gone so badly I'm just thinking what you think about the other sort of Molly Ringwald era like Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles which haven't aged as well as this one and why you think that is? I guess like it's a great question. Um, Like Sixteen Candles 
I feel like that's the one that's just sort of like, but the the body sex comedy of the 80s has not aged well at all. And I don't think that 16 Candles is any more guilty than many of the other ones. Um, But yeah, kind of gross. But I also feel like there's like a couple of stupid things you could like just pluck right out of that. And 16 Candles holds up as like a really nice, fun movie and really delightful in loads of ways. Um, and Molly Ringwald is completely blameless in all of these things because she's fabulous. Um, like I do think, I think that Molly Ringwald of that period was just so special and brought like something really different to Sam in 16 Candles and whatever her name was in, uh, in Breakfast Club. And I think she was something just a little bit different. But yeah, aged very strangely. And then Breakfast Club, I don't know. Um, I think it feels very over period. And there's certainly lots of really weird things in there that I would change. But like, I still think it holds up as a great example of like how people relate to each other when they're young and what you do with like putting each other in boxes when you've no business doing that. Mm-hmm. And also this question that they have about like, oh, we've learned our lesson about putting people in boxes, but actually on Monday, will we talk to each other? And it's really just left hanging there is like, probably not. So like, I think that the Breakfast Club still has a lot to offer, even though there's lots of ridiculous things that I think is like weird. Um, But I do think it has a lot to say still. And in that way, I think it's held up. I don't know that I would ever have given the goth girl a makeover and she's then, the one that's done like, dirty right like Mo- molly molly gets to be with the hot bad boy yeah that's great but she is is you know what that they did to is, that girl how oh, dare they jesus like she looked mom. so awkward at the end like she's she like stupid my pretty dress. Awful. <laughs> like, you, look, you look terrible i swear they need to stop like, that book off your john face. hughes stop writing fucking like you know makeover and montage sequences I'm like the, <laughs> they did the dress all wrong yeah. and he's done he did ali sheedy's makeover yeah. so horribly the only woman he can write is is played by molly ring just molly Ringwald. Like, that's yeah. it like because you know she's her 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 muse in uncut jams. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like she's she's sort of fine in Breakfast Club. But yeah, Sixteen Candles is yeah. is um, I, I rewatched that during, during lockdown and I was like, oh, I have a God. I have a jigsaw of, of Sixteen Candles right here that I was like was, I was like I can't put this in the season, <laughs> but uh, but I have a jigsaw of it that we're going to put out on a table and people can make the jigsaw later. Also, a Breakfast Club one. I got them in Mister Price in Blanchardstown uh, for like a fiver. <laughs> Or something which is deadly um so if anyone's in over the weekend you can come make some jigsaws in the bar in the lighthouse um but yeah i know i think that's an interesting question and i think that like john hughes kind of i hate to like slam on him but like molly ringwald sort of has come out later and just sort of said like uh, he was a bit like scaldy like a bit of a ducky or whatever um well like i think he's a genius but i think we've been talking yeah. about the fact that he's a genius for 40 years and it's probably time to start talking about the fact that Molly Ringwald brought so much more to these films in terms of like casting decisions. Like she was the yeah. one who recommended Andrew McCarthy, Andrew McCarthy for this. She had a great idea. Robert Downey Jr. Didn't work out, but you know, yeah. good idea. Um, like she was bringing a lot to these films. Yeah. It's not just him. A lot of the music came from her as well. Music came from, yeah. Yeah. And the clothes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, this is what, this is what mm. she would wear. Brought her yeah. own style and stuff. Yeah. And like, that's so iconic and so much of like, what makes, um, like we call the Brat Pack a brand, I suppose it's sort of different, yeah. but like, if you call it that, then like that, a lot of that did come from the people themselves and, and her, um, and like obviously just of an era, but I don't want to take too much away from John Hughes because I do think he's great at writing scripts, but, um, but yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think as well though, like if you look back at anything 30, 40, fuck, 40 years later, um, mm. they'll never really age well, but yeah, I think no. Pretty in Pink of all of them, Apart from the joke where Ducky is like, we can work out a thing where both of you are pregnant by the holidays. Um, apart from that joke, I think it pretty much all stands up pretty well because we know who yeah. the, well, I guess we know who the, the good guys and bad guys are sort of, but also everyone has their nuances. So like 
like even Steph, like obviously we've spoken a lot about him tonight, but like he's the bad guy. But like there is enough in him that they're mm-hmm. like he's imbued with something interesting. Um, and even the sexual politics between him and Benny are kind. They're all they're above board. Yeah, like everything's fine. Everyone's yeah. consenting. He's There's not something in that, like just yeah. treating characters as if they're like whole human beings and not just tokenistic human beings. That I think is great, and it does come from the, the actors as well. I think they're. I think that really stands up in Pretty in Pink. The actors are all great, and they bring a lot of I guess themselves <laughs> to it. Mm. Um, but that really helps to make things stand up because it's not about like watching something and going like I want to judge everyone. It's about watching something and feeling like people are real people making good decisions, bad decisions, a decision they might regret. You know, all that mm. kind of stuff. It's all a bit nuanced, and you get a lot of that in in here. Um, you don't get it maybe in some characters in Sixteen Candles. So mm. it's very different or weird. Science, a very maybe. quick question: What do you think of Say Almost Fire? I know it's not a tech, I technically adore. Saint Elmo's okay, Fire. Thank God. Okay, thank right, We're going to talk about that later. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. I, right? I know it's bad. I yeah. know. Oh, I love so it so much. much. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Like it's a whole other thing about Andrew McCarthy, but like Rob Lowe. <laughs> oh, he's so he's so good at kissing. But anyway, he's great at kissing. <laughs> I do love St. Elmo's Fire. They're all so terrible. Oh. I know, yeah. Bad film, but oh. my heart. My you gotta heart, love the eighties. You have to love the eighties with your whole heart and accept yeah. it for what it was. I think the eighties is is like exemplified and summed up in Rob Lowe's little earring that he has 100%. in that film. It's just that's that's summed up in St. Elmo's Fire as a movie. I, I think, think so. Like, yeah. But like I have just said that Weekend of Bernie's is my favorite comedy of all time. So like I don't think you should trust anything I have to say. <laughs> that seems like a perfect place to leave it. But us knowing we should never trust anything we've just heard from you. Okay. Yes, correct. Perfect. Thank you so much, Charlene. Thank you. Thank you so much to Lighthouse for having us. Thank you so much to all of you for coming and for your questions. Uh, we only have two prizes, so if you want to fight for them, that's okay. <laughs> or if you don't want them at all, that's also completely understandable because they are very old seven inch singles of 80 songs. So thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, Goodbye. everyone. Thank you.